Good morning, everyone, Lamb of God family, our friends, uh, visitors watching with us. Uh, it's good to spend a few minutes with you today to encourage you. Uh, we need to be encouraged in these days that we're living in. If you're at home and, and, and uh, trying to be safe, you know, I, I'm just glad that you're able to connect with us today. And I want to give you a, a message of encouragement. And I pray that God will just speak to our hearts uh, and, and set us free from things that don't belong to us so that we can be fully alive in Him. So as we get started with this message, would you join me in prayer, please? God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to hear your word, to sit at your feet. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be our teacher and our guide now in these moments that we spend together. We know that you are not restricted. Your spirit, you are with us right where we are. Even though I'm here and others are in their homes, you are with us now. Your word is powerful. We pray your anointing upon this message and upon our ability to receive from you that we might be encouraged, built up, set free, fired up for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's Thanksgiving week and uh, been talking in the last couple of weeks about what I'm thankful for. And last week I was talking about how I'm thankful for grace and truth. And today I want to talk about why I'm thankful for truth. So John 1:14 says the word became flesh. Jesus himself was the word and he became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It goes on to say, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So John is writing this. John was one of the apostles. He saw Jesus. He said, we've seen him. We saw the word of God become a person put on flesh and blood and we beheld his glory. And God wants his word to come uh, and be made flesh in you and in me. Just like the word became flesh in Jesus, now God wants his word to become flesh in you, in your flesh. And so I want to build a message around this idea that not just Jesus showed up, that the word became flesh and we saw him, but now our flesh is to be filled with the word, with Jesus. And what happens when we are filled with his word? That's what I want to talk about. The first thing that happens is as John recorded, we saw his glory. <clears throat> we saw his glory. And so as the word of God takes on flesh and blood in you and in me, we begin to look more like Jesus himself. We begin to reflect the glory of God. Our lives begin to get richer, fuller of love and joy, of freedom, of purpose. And, and that's what God has for each and every one of us, to restore us to the image of his son. The second thing that happens is we see John, when he was describing what he saw in Jesus, he said he was full of two things. So he was full of grace and he was full of truth. And when you and I take on the word and the word Christ himself, the word of God embodies us and begins to transform us, we become more filled, filled with more of grace and more truth. Okay. And so that's what I want to talk about. Last week, I talked about grace a little bit, but here's what um, um, uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says. It is, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So grace is the power and means of our salvation. And as the grace of God, which is really a person, Jesus, as Jesus is living in us, he's full of grace. His grace empowers us to be saved, not just forgiven of our sins and one day going to heaven, but saved from the wickedness in this world. 
saved from the darkness and the pain and the hurt in this world. We all have experienced pain and hurt and brokenness and regret and disappointments. We've all been betrayed. We've all made mistakes. We've all hurt people. And the grace of God, the more of the word of God that dwells in you and in me, the more he saves us from those behaviors, from those attitudes, and from the effects of those things done against us. Hallelujah. So may the grace of God fill you and empower you to be saved, to live a godly life in him. So that's really encouraging to me. Romans 3, 23 to 24 says, for all have sinned. We've all, we're all a part of this. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we are all justified freely by his grace. Grace is free gift. It's a free gift of God to us. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And so I like to think of, you know, on a tombstone, we often talk about that dash. You know, the, the year that you're born, the year that you die, and then that little dash between the numbers, right? Well, here's kind of a thought I had this morning. Uh, grace is the power of the dash. It converts our the time from our birth to the time that we die, in this time that we live on earth, it gives us the power to live our dash filled with life. It is the grace of God that saves us and redeems us. I want to read Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14. This explains a little bit better. It says, For the grace of God, Jesus, has appeared that offers salvation to all people. So God is offering this grace to all of us. And it teaches us, grace teaches us to say no. Say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we are alive, the grace of God is with us to teach us how to live a godly life. It's the power of God, the presence of God, the spirit of God in us that helps us live according to him, his ways, his truth. And it says, while we are waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we are here waiting for Jesus to return. While we're waiting, God has given us his grace, his spirit to empower us to live a life of purpose, of freedom, of truth filled with his grace. And it goes on to say, who Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. That's what God's will is, to redeem you from all wickedness in this world and to purify and cleanse you from all the effects of that wickedness, all the effects of that sin. Isn't it God good to us? He is not just, you know, waiting to heaven to bless us. He is wanting to bless us right now with the power to live a brand new life in him. That's the glory that God wants revealed in your life to this world because it draws people to him. Doesn't draw people to applaud you. The glory of God on us draws people to him. Let your light shine, Jesus said, in such a way that others will see your good deeds and do what? Glorify your father who's in heaven. And so may the glory of God rise upon you in increasing ways during your dash, right? During your run through this life, during your journey, may you bring great glory to God by allowing his grace and his truth to dwell in you richly. The word of God dwell in you richly. So grace is the power of God, Christ in us, his spirit in us, empowering us to be free from sin, to be godly, to be redeemed from all wickedness, and to be purified from all our sin. I think of it like this. The Bible talks about a highway of righteousness. And so there is a path. If you would see this as like a road. And Jesus said, I am this way. I am the way, the truth, the life. 
And the word of God is this way. It is the perfect way of God. And everyone who walks or drives or rides or runs on this path is going to experience the benefits of life and peace and joy and freedom. Problem is, we don't stay on that path very well, right? And so when we fall off that path or when we go rogue on this path, okay, we, we have different experiences. We may have um, a hurt that happens. We may do something we, we regret and it hurts somebody else. And we, we feel bad about that. We may experience out of some brokenness in our own life, we may have like an addiction. And, and we know that this is hurting us. We know this is not on the path of righteousness. We know this is not God's best for us. But we, we fall into these things because of some hurt in our own lives. Things that have happened to us. We might, we might have some bitterness in our heart. We might um, struggle with shame or guilt. We may have some attitudes and mindsets that we know are, are ungodly. And you know what? We might have some that we don't know are ungodly. But anything that is not in alignment with God's will, anything that's off the path, the Bible says is wickedness. That's what wickedness is. It's either righteous or it's wicked. It's either on God's path in alignment with God's will or it's off the path. So all of this black stuff, okay, can be summarized as wicked, wickedness. That's the word the Bible uses to describe it. And Jesus came not just to forgive us of our sins, but to redeem us from all wickedness, all of our hurts, all of our regrets, all of our addictions, all of our shame, depression, loneliness, envy, jealousy, whatever the wickedness is, Jesus wants to redeem us from that and to cleanse us and purify us from all those things. Now, how does this work? And that's what I want to talk about today. Truth. He was full of grace and truth. And truth brings freedom. Just like grace is the power for us to be saved, truth is the power for us to be free. This is what the Bible says about that. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. When we walk in the way, when we walk in the truth, we experience life. We experience Jesus. Colossians 3.16 in the New King James Version says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let Jesus dwell in you richly. So that's what we're doing. Our flesh is taking on the word of God, which is truth, and it sets us free if we allow that. John 17.17, 17, Jesus said to God, Your word is truth. And of course, this famous words of Jesus, a lot of people know this. John 8, 32, he says, the truth shall set you free. Set you free from what? Set you free from the wickedness, from a bad attitude, from a wrong mindset, from an upbringing that led you astray, that gave you a bentness of anger or alcoholism or certain attitudes that were contrary to God's word. You may not even, it may not even be your fault. You just grew up in that type of an environment but it's still wicked. It's still broken. It's still hurting you and harming other people through you. So God wants us to be redeemed from all of the wickedness, to be uh, free from all of that pain, all that hurt, all that brokenness. Now, the truth that, what is truth? We're not talking about truth like, you know, do face masks really work or not? I mean, we've got this huge debate, you know, between people or about global warming. Is that true or is that not true? This is not the truth that we're talking about, okay? What we're talking about here is, is what the Bible refers to as truth in the inner parts, in our heart, deep in our soul. 
the truth about our identity and our purpose in this world. I want to read this verse for you. This is our memory verse for the week. Okay, Psalm 51, verse 6. Listen to this. This, by the way, is the New King James Version translation. It says, behold, and the psalmist is talking to God. Behold, you desire truth in the inner parts. And in the inner part, in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. God desires truth on the inside of who we are. Jesus came that you might have truth on the in, inner parts, the hidden part of your soul, on the interior part of what really makes, makes you who you are, who God made you to be. And so now we have two different kinds of truths, what I would refer to as maybe uh, my truth, and I would say that would be a little truth, little T, and oftentimes this is my truth, this is based on my education, my family, my upbringing, my opinions, right? My uh, experiences, maybe my culture, my logic, my feelings, and the way that I have um, learned how to survive in this world, right? That's my truth. Well, the problem is a lot of my truth isn't truth because there's another truth that Jesus is talking about. And uh, I will call that capital T truth. I might even just go, let's go all caps, the, the truth. This is the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're talking about Jesus, God's truth, not mine, his. And this is what God wants in your heart, in your mind, in the innermost parts of who you are. The problem is we don't always know that some of our personal truth, my truth, is offline. It's wrong and it's hurting us. So how do we find his truth versus our truth? Because the truth be told, <laughs> we are already operating according to this right now. And if we're operating according to our own opinions and our own upbringing and our own beliefs, and they're not in alignment with God's, then these things are causing us pain. And they're causing pain to other people. And uh, we... We don't have the intention of causing pain, but it is. Why? Because it's wickedness. It's off the path. So God wants his word to dwell in us richly. And when the word dwells in us richly, it literally changes our little truth, which is actually lies, to his truth, which actually sets us free, produces life in us. That's what I want to talk about with you for a few minutes here before we, before we close. Let me give you one example, okay? There's a truth that I'm going to put in this category of my truth that a lot of us, I believe all of us have felt this at one time or another, but many of us still, still believe this right now. It's a statement that you may, may think in your head. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this for a second. I am not good enough. Now, what am, I, what am I talking about here? I'm talking about an attitude of the heart, something inside that we don't always consciously uh, think about, but if you're honest with yourself, you have this feeling often. This is my truth, right? But it is not God's truth. Now, why do we think this kind of stuff? Why would a person, why do you think this at times or have or are? Why do you say that I'm not good enough? Well, because there's a whole lot of evidence, right? Let me give you a list of some of the evidence. There's probably, you've probably been told this by your parents or siblings, friends, we are told this in a many different ways through social media, 
through just comparing ourselves to what everybody else is doing or what they look like or what, how fun their life looks like, commercials. Uh, there's always this idea that I need to get this over here to feel better about myself. I'm not good enough until I get that. I'm not good enough until I accomplish this. I'm not good enough unless I look like that, right? And also we failed. We have failed over and over and over again to meet our own expectations, let alone the expectations of people around us. And we feel that everyone around us is better than us. There's always someone who's happier. There's always someone who's richer, better, faster, better looking, right? So we're constantly comparing ourselves and the enemy of our soul, the devil, he is relentlessly pointing these things out to us all the time because he does not want us to know the truth. And here's the truth. Regardless of all that evidence I just gave you of what people say, what you say, what you've done, what other people uh, have, have said about you, regardless of the labels and all that other stuff, here is the truth, God's truth. And this is uh, in notes that I want, I want to encourage you to get this on the notes here and study these verses. I wrote this out when I was preparing this message and I did not have these scriptures in front of me, but everything I wrote out, I found a scripture verse four because these things are hidden in my life, in my heart. And when I think about this kind of an issue, I start regurgitating what I know to be the truth. And this is the statement I want to make. The truth is I am, you are, I am more than good enough because I have a new identity. Galatians 2.20. Jesus is in me. Colossians 1.27. I'm filled with his spirit. John 14.17. And through him, I can do all things. Philippians 4.13. Through him, through Christ, I have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 1.3. I have everything I need for life and for godliness. That's 2 Peter 1.3. I am not alone. Matthew 28.20. I am not powerless, 2 Timothy 1, 7. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world, 1 John 4, 4. And the truth is that I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, my Lord, Romans 8, 37. Now, the only way that I can go from this feeling, this truth, which is in my heart because of the pain and the labels and the experiences and the failures that I've experienced, to change it to what I just said is by letting the word of God dwell in my heart richly and changing my mind and saying, no, 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 that's not true anymore. This is not true. This is who I am. I'm a child of God. I am loved. I'm forgiven. I'm equipped. I'm powerful. I can do all things through Christ who set me free. You see what I'm saying? And this is what God wants to do in your life. He wants the word of God to dwell in you richly. He wants the word made flesh in your life. And that's why I'm thankful for the truth. The truth sets us free. And that's why I'm thankful for the grace of God. The grace of God empowers us to be able to do this, to live a brand new life. You know, this process of, uh, that we're talking about results in our salvation. It results in our freedom. And uh, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the body of Christ are your greatest assets or resources to experience this kind of freedom. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and other believers are the greatest resources that God has given you to experience this kind of freedom. So I want you to rely on all three. Uh, the Bible says here, John 16, 13, Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. 
Okay, and of the word of God, it says here, James 1.25, whoever looks intently into the perfect law, the word of God, that gives freedom. So the word of God itself gives freedom when we study it and continues to do it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So we see the spirit of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He leads us into truth. He guides us into truth. The word of God is true and that brings freedom. And then I got a verse here for people. Ephesians 4, 25, it says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all in this together. We're all members of one body. And James 5, 16 gives us this great promise. It says, look, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Confess an attitude. Confess some shame. Confess a hurt. Talk about what is binding you. The Bible says, if you bring other people into this and you confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, you will be healed. You can be healed from this. You can be healed from this. God, Jesus wants to redeem you from all of these areas in your life. And so it's the Holy Spirit. It's the word of God. And it is one another. I want to finish with an analogy of an acorn. Here's an acorn right here. Thanks to my assistant. <laughs> and this acorn is it's a beautiful acorn. And this, this is uh, got all the potential in it for a great oak tree. And you and I have been given the seeds of greatness inside of us. And, uh, but what can happen to this acorn? There's a lot of different things that could happen to this acorn. It could get ignored and never planted and therefore uh, never amount to anything, right? It might never be nurtured. It could eat, be eaten by a squirrel. Uh, it could be stepped on and crushed. It could be mowed by your lawnmower and destroyed. Uh, it could uh, find itself in a puddle of water and get wet and, uh, and rot, right? Or it could be planted and nurtured and protected, it could grow into a big tree and it could provide shade maybe for a picnic table for your family. It could provide a house for birds or squirrels or even raccoons, right? Lots of animals use trees for their homes. Um, it could also grow into a tree, be harvested, and its lumber could be used for amazing things. For instance, maybe uh, it could be used to build a home for a family. That creates all these memories together. Maybe it would be used uh, to build a guitar and put it in the hands of an amazingly talented, gifted musician who would inspire millions of people with his or her music. Maybe it's just made into pencils. And those pencils help students learn lessons that will be with them for the rest of their lives. Maybe it's a ship that sails the ocean or a desk like the president's desk that contains documents and moments of history that change the world. It could be all of these things, but, or any of these things, or none of them. But there's great potential in this acorn, and there's great potential in you and I, because we've been made in the image of God. And God does not want us to experience wickedness that binds us and sabotages us and steals the destiny that he has for us. Jesus came not just to make a way for you to get to heaven. He came away, made a way so that heaven could come to you, so that your life right now could be redeemed. And every one of these areas could be covered by the blood of Jesus. Let's put right around that. And through Jesus' help, brought back, broken that addiction, and brought that part of your life 
back into the highway of righteousness where you can flourish and be filled with life and peace and wholeness. And every one of these things, God wants to do that for us because there is great potential in each and every one of us. And the devil wants to suppress that potential. You see, Jesus always saw the truth below the surface in people. And that truth reveals and unleashes the true potential that God put in you as a person. And we need to stop identifying ourselves, identifying ourselves with these mistakes and saying, well, that's just who I am. Uh, that I'll, I'll never be able to be over that. I, I can never get, uh, I can never forgive. I'm always going to feel this pain. Do you see, Jesus came to rescue us from that. That is not our identity. We are now sons of God, children of God, children of God. We have a great destiny and a great potential. And you may have been abused in your life. You may have been hurt in your life. You may feel a lot of the stuff right now, but I got good news for you today. Jesus came to save you, redeem you, and to purify you so that you are his and you can do what he's called you to do. There is freedom in that. The devil wants to smother you and kill you, but Jesus came to set you free. So as we close, I just want to pray a prayer over you and remind you that the steps to make this happen are three words that we like to use in our church. Repent. You need to repent of believing anything about yourself that is not consistent with scripture. You need to change your mind. You need to say, I'm no longer going to live in shame. That is not God's will. That is not God's truth. Why? Because that's my truth, but I'm going to choose God's truth. So that's called repentance, okay? So the first thing we need to do is repent. The second thing we need to do is we need to renounce. And renounce means that we cancel out our agreement with the lie. And I'm going to call this a lie. Right? This is not my truth. This is a lie. We need to recognize this and we need to renounce it and say, hey, I'm no longer going to believe that anymore. That's a lie. I'm not believing it. I'm done with it. In Jesus' name, you have no more sway in my heart, in my inner parts. Why? Because, Lord, you desire truth in the inner parts. Right? God, you are going to make me wise in the inner man. You're going to set me free. So we repent, we renounce, and then, of course, we replace with God's truth. And that's where we begin to repeat, memorize, and meditate on the word of God, which sets us free. Can I pray with you? First of all, if you need Jesus as Lord and Savior, today's a great day to get saved. And secondly, if there's an area of your life that you can relate to that I'm talking about, maybe it's I'm not good enough. Or maybe it's one of these other categories or something similar to that. And you want to repent, renounce, and you want to replace that. Hey, today, right now, is a great day to start that process because Jesus came to set you free. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me. First of all, I'm going to pray for those of you who want to get right with God and, and get saved. And then I'm going to pray a prayer for those of you who want to get free. Okay, so let's pray together. Okay, in Jesus' name, Lord, we come to you and thank you for this opportunity to join our hearts together. And for those who are watching and listening, who need you, Lord, who want to give their life to you, who need saving, they, they want to make you the Lord of their life right now. In Jesus' name, we welcome you. Jesus, we, we ask you to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you for loving us and never giving up on us. 
And today we declare with our mouth, say this, say this where you are, say, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. And we choose to serve you and surrender our hearts to you today. And we receive your forgiveness. And we receive your power, the grace that we need to live this new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I celebrate with you today because all of heaven is celebrating if you just got right with God. But a lot of you, we need some freedom. So let me lead you in a prayer of freedom. And whatever the issue is, whatever is, is on your heart right now, let's put that in, in front of the Lord and pray this with me, okay? Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you in your name. I thank you that you are greater than the pain, than the hurt, than the regret, than the addiction, than the wickedness in my life. And it is your will that I am free. It is your will that I am redeemed from all wickedness and that I am purified from all unrighteousness. That is your will. So I repent. I agree with you, God, that it is possible. And not only is it possible, it is your will that I am saved and redeemed from this pain and this brokenness and this wickedness in my life. So I repent and I agree with you, God. I agree with your truth in this area of my life. And I renounce and break that thought right now in Jesus' name. That is not who I am. You no longer have any control of my heart or my mind. I break the agreement I made with you, with you in the past, but now you're done. In Jesus' name, my heart belongs to the Lord. And God, I pray that you will just fill me with your truth. You will just teach me by your spirit, by your word, and by the people around me what your truth is and help me to meditate and memorize and dwell on your word. Lord, let your word dwell in me richly that I might experience more of your grace and more of your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I want to leave you with the, the Lord's blessing, okay? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great time with family and friends.